0: Support for WGLT's Grow comes from FS Custom Turf by Evergreen FS. FS Custom Turf offers complete lawn and tree care services to preserve the health of yards, trees, and shrubs. Products and services detailed at evergreen-fs.com.
1: Welcome to Grow. I'm Sarah Nardi. Today we have Nick Frillman back. Nick is from U of I Extension, and he is pretty excited about apple and pear season, which I believe is upon us now. Nick? Nick? Right? Are we ready?
0: It is upon us now, yeah, especially if you have early rather than late varieties. If you know a little bit about apple, what are called cultivars or those types of apples you've seen at the store. like
1: kinds of apples? Yeah, Johnny
0: Gold, Red Delicious, Granny Smith, Pink Lady, all that. Some are earlier, some are later. And the general apple and pear season... Is right about from Labor Day weekend all the way through about mid October when the frost will kill him.
1: Okay, yeah, so we're right there knocking on Apple's door. Right? Exactly. Okay. And
0: fall is in the air. Last night was like a little bit kind of cool out. Yeah, it was Got good. Really excited about that. Me too. So ready for um, ready for sweater season and who uh, who wouldn't want to start that off with some apples as well.
1: I don't know. I don't want to know that person.
0: (laughs) So like I said, apple season from this coming weekend, Labor Day weekend, through mid-October. And at the Refuge Food Forest that U of I Extension manages, we've got quite a few different varieties of apples and pears loaded down with fruit. Very obvious when you walk out there. Uh, Put it in on Google Maps. It'll come right up. And feel free to pick. It's open to the public at any time.
1: And that's pretty cool. And it also feels counterintuitive because, right, we have to like train ourselves not to pick things off other people's trees. But Mm -hmm. this is for everybody.
0: Yep, it's a living demonstration of um, agroecology and uh, agroforestry, I should say. Lots of intercropped fruits and nuts and berries. And we've talked about it on here a little bit before, but definitely don't want all those apples and pears to go to the birds or just hit the ground and rot. So go over there and get you some and the advantage of having so many different cultivars is if you had one or the other let's say just all had johnny gold or granny smith or whatever you have then they'll all fruit like within about a week of each other okay and so with all this diversity of apple and pear variety we have this elongated season
1: that makes sense so and it's the same philosophy in a pie right you want different kinds of apples
0: yeah, for different I,
1: reasons, but variety with apples is good.
0: That's definitely the case, and there is such a diversity of apples. If anybody out there um, wants a deeper dive on this, I'm currently wrapping up a book called um, The Botany of Desire by Michael Pollan. Might have heard of him before. And one quarter of the book is dedicated to a history of apples in the United States, a little bit of breakdown on. Um, Johnny Appleseed, also known as John Chapman. Spoiler alert, he's not who you thought he was and uh, definitely goes into...
1: Wait, that's cryptic. Who... <laughs> <laughs> who?
0: Who is he? Yeah, I mean, I had never... I'm 26 years old. I had never heard about his real backstory, but he was growing little apple saplings um, several miles ahead. 20, 40 miles ahead of where the dedicated western frontier was mm-hmm. in the mid-1600s, early 1700s. Fact check me on those dates, but this is what he was doing.
1: I won't, but okay.
0: There's the frontier, right? So let's call it, in his day, it was Pennsylvania when he started out, when he was a young man. And over the course of his life, it moved into Ohio and then Indiana. And over that time, he would camp out. 20, 30, 40 miles ahead of where the frontier was, he would plant apple seedlings that he had collected from his favorite trees in New York and out east. And then when the frontier inevitably arrived to the space where his little sapling orchard was, he would sell settlers heading west to more frontier areas, little apple saplings, and they were mostly for cider.
1: Wait, what am I missing? What is that bad? What? No, it's not bad. Okay. I just
0: I don't know about you, but when I was a kid Johnny Appleseed, like I see this guy in my mind running around planting apple trees to eat because I'm a little kid, I'd never had cider before. but
1: Oh, you mean it was just a little bit more adult than what we... Yeah, okay. yeah,
0: yeah. So in the, you know, in books, and especially school books, you'll see his name mentioned and you'll see that he's like the father of a lot of old apple trees and mm-hmm. varieties have been selected for in the United States that are attributable to him. But I just didn't know that, oh, right, you probably couldn't drink You know, like lake water back in the day, you had to boil it or you could make tea. But tea was expensive and hard to get when you're on the western frontier of the U.S. at that time. And so a lot of people drank alcohol a lot. Ken Burns has a good prohibition documentary about that. But cider was easy for folks to make.
1: So he's the father of a good time. It's still still relevant.
0: Definitely relevant. Still a hero of
1: mine. Okay. (laughs)
0: But let me back up and uh, get sure. your take on the apple syrup. What's your favorite use for apples or pears that just comes off the top of your head?
1: Pie. No, <laughs> no, it doesn't take me long. Apple pie is one of my pie is my favorite food.
0: Mm, okay? okay, and I
1: have you know a lot of a lot of different pie favorites, but I mm-hmm. think apple. For a lot of reasons, is a classic, mm. and like we alluded to, you get a lot of you get a lot of variation in that pie among the apples. You have your tart apples, your sweeter apples. Mm. I just I think you can't beat it an apple pie, right?
0: I have admittedly never um, made an apple pie with more than. I don't know if I've made one with more than one variety. Oh, I might have spe- mixed what?
1: two. Get, don't sit here and posit yourself as an <laughs> apple expert. <in> <laughs> <us>. <laughs>
0: hey, I just know how to grow them and prune them and Okay,
1: that's fair. But no, you're supposed to, you're, you're supposed to have like a, you know, like a, a spectrum mm. of flavors within yeah. the pie.
0: Well, I'm I, I'm a vegetable cook. Um You know, good dinner cook. So I definitely follow you there. I guess I just never
1: thought
0: to make a a a mixed apple pie before. That's pretty cool. Um, What about pear? Anything with pear?
1: Pear tart. Let's keep it on yeah. pastry. I love a pear tart.
0: You got a sweet tooth. I have a Do. I have a Mexican food tooth, also known as a, a Mexa tooth. No,
1: never heard that.
0: I don't dig sweets as much, but yeah, pear tart. I've definitely had that before. It's always really good. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to the historical narrative for a little bit. This is a part I thought was really cool when I was researching our conversation today. Um, back in the 1600s. Apples are thought to have first been introduced to the U.S. by French Jesuits in the late 16th century. But then a little bit later than that, 15 years later, so 1635, Lord Baltimore of the British government instructs the settlers of the Maryland area to bring with them, quote, kernels of pears and apples, especially of pippins, permains, decens, for making thereafter of cider and perry. So back in the 1600s, the British government's already like, hey, guys, you're not going to have a lot to drink, so bring apples and pears. And huh. I followed the cider development recently. You know, you're seeing ciders at more breweries these days, but I had never heard of Perry. I don't know where I was before. But...
1: What? It, Perry is a kind of apple? Or...
0: Perry is the name of what you would make from pears in the cider world, so like low oh. alcohol fermented pear juice. Is oh, perry. We
1: we'll call that pear cider, right?
0: I so yeah. I guess I've been under a rock with uh, ye old <laughs> alcohol names, but I'd never heard of, <laughs> of perry until a couple days ago, and I looked it up, and it's yeah, uh, also a growing and. Um, I wouldn't say popular, but growing phenomenon uh, in the cider industry. Yeah,
1: pear cider, it's a big deal.
0: Man, I got to get my hands on some. Maybe some folks can call into WGLT and tell us where we can get some pear cider. That'd we, be cool.
1: You can get it at High V. I I mean. Really? Yeah, it's a thing. Mm.
0: That, that Red's Apple Ale's got a little bit too much no, sugar in it no, for no, me. Not, not so that. I don't, you know, I'm a little suspicious of, uh, of store-bought. You know, I prefer the, the local food, small farms, you know, crab yeah. brewing scene, but... I'm being picky.
1: Yeah. Well, everyone's entitled. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. It's fall. Get your basket.
0: Mm-hmm. Get, get collecting.
1: Yep. Get out there. All right. Well, if you have any questions about the gardener landscape, send them in, and we'll have one of our panel of experts answer. I'm Sarah Nardi. Send those questions to wglt.org slash grow.